0: Okay, like so today, like I finally get to talk like about the box and everything because like this is gonna be like one of the best podcasts ever. And I think if like people realize like that I have like almost all of the answers, like we would have like so much less problems in the world. But people just don't like listen to me enough. And so like today I get to like talk and talk and talk and talk as much as I really want to. And it's gonna be like an amazing podcast because I'm on it and my voice is so beautiful, and you're just gonna have so much fun listening to my voice.
1: You're a fake. You're a crime.
0: You're so deeply flawed. Castle. No one cares anyway or wants to hear what you got to say. Just wait for the other shoe to drop.
1: You're alone. You are your past. Gotta get back to your comfort zone fast. Yay. You'll never be safe being who you really are.
0: Episode 2, Life in the Box.
1: It's is scarcity Complex Hi, everyone. Welcome to today's episode of the Scarcity Complex podcast. My name is Jay, and I will be your host slash facilitator slash whatever you want to call me as we continue to embark on this adventure together. Today, we're going to be talking about life in a box. What does it mean to live in a box? What is a box? How does scarcity tend to kind of create boxes in which we will tend to live and see the world But first, we just want to do a quick review of really what we covered last week, which was just an introduction to scarcity. And the simple and probably purest form of how to talk about what a scarcity complex is, is that it's that underlying nagging feeling that deep down that we're not enough. Or as we look out into this world, we believe that there isn't enough blank out in this world. And so scarcity ultimately is there to try to keep us safe, to try to tell us that we're only okay if things kind of tend to go our way. And so scarcity tends to also create uh, the illusion or rather the perception of living life in a box.
0: So like, I'm super excited finally to talk about the box. Like I've been waiting for this, like all my life just to like let everybody know like, how important the box is and like how precious and important like all the walls are and everything that like, I work really hard at like, convincing you and like making sure that you have all the answers and that you have 100% certainty all the time. That is what I live for.
1: So a box is basically anything that we have in our lives that wants to or helps us feel like we are safe and that we are protected and that we won't get hurt at any cost. And, and a box is obviously composed of four walls, and those walls oftentimes are composed of bricks, and each brick could, metaphorically speaking, be representative of several different things. A brick could be a brick of your ideology or your worldview, of how you see those around you. It could be your political viewpoint. It could be your religious viewpoint or your view of spirituality, of how you view God, of why we're here on this planet. That's one type of brick that can be on the wall. Other bricks could be bricks of experience of ways that you've been hurt in the past by other people. And so you know that this experience means pain. So you're never going to open yourself up to that kind of experience again, because all it means is getting hurt. Or it could be a brick where you had great joy and you had great pleasure and you put that brick up and you say, that's the only thing that I'm ever going to experience and will allow into my life. Those are all kinds of different bricks. Um, Then there's all kinds of physical things that we want to fill our lives up with as well to kind of distract us and to kind of tell us that things are going to be okay. There's bricks of status, of validation, of wanting to know that we matter, that we're significant, that people like us. All of those things are different bricks that make up the walls of the boxes that most of us tend to live in. And the first kind of hope in all of this is first just having the awareness that we all actually do live in a box. We have biases. We have ways that we've been hurt. We have a lens by which we tend to view the world. And more times than not, it is influenced by this idea of scarcity, this idea that somehow at some point we aren't enough or that there isn't enough blank out into this world. And so that's what we're going to talk about today on the podcast is what it means to live life inside a box. So I don't know why you're, like, obsessing about these bricks. Like, you're making, like, way too big of a deal about it.
0: The bricks are just, like, things that, like, make up a wall. And the wall is there to protect you. And that's, like, really, like, all anyone ever really needs to know. And, like, I'm, like, basically, like, always working behind the scenes to make sure that, like, nothing ever gets through that wall. And that those bricks remain intact at all costs. So I think you could kind of, like, like lay off a little bit on this whole idea, like, that maybe some bricks or whatever need to be questioned. Like, no. Every brick is there by intention and by design. I put it there and we work together on this. So you better not go around trying to tell people they need to like start dismantling their walls.
1: So a lot of times what happens with these bricks on our wall is that sometimes by choice, we might start to examine a brick. It could be perhaps you grew up in a certain religion and as you've gotten older or you've had more experiences or you've traveled the world and seen people at other religions, you begin to sort of take that particular dogma or that particular brick that was up there that represented your very, very hardcore view of who you think God is, and you begin to question it a little bit. It might expand, perhaps. You might begin to not have as close of an attachment or a closed-off perception of of maybe who or what you think God is. That could be one example. Um, Anytime you begin to get to know someone and you begin to walk in someone else's shoes more times than not, it's almost always impossible to not come to a new place of understanding where you perhaps now see the world from a different place. You could argue that that's a very simplified definition of empathy that you begin to understand what it's like to walk in someone else's shoes. So that's one way that we can kind of begin to look at different bricks that are on our wall. That's kind of the willing way where there's not a lot of resistance, even if it's maybe a little uncomfortable at, at times. But there's also another way. And sometimes those bricks get crumbled. Sometimes those bricks get knocked out and it isn't even our choice. It could be some life event that happens to us. It could be a breakup. It could be some sort of a relationship issue. It could be a health issue. It could be financial. It could be anything that kind of jars something that we thought was true. And now all of a sudden, as we look at this wall that we've looked at for years, there's a gaping hole in it. A lot of times when that happens, uh, we tend to have usually one of three reactions. The first could be that we freak out and we just kind of ignore that it's even there, but whatever we do, we're not going to acknowledge that there's something on the other side of that wall because that just feels too scary that's oftentimes cognitive dissonance where you'll be given a view of reality of one particular fact that we know is true, but then you hold a different view part of your belief system that contradicts that fact. And as humans, we are experts at living in contradiction with what we oftentimes say that we believe because the thought of dismantling a belief feels like it's going to shatter or crush uh, our identity, our sense of safety, and so the scarcity complex comes in and says, "Hey, I got this covered. You don't have to worry about this. We're gonna just pretend it's not there."
0: Okay, so like now you're like finally talking by language, like like I mean this idea that like we're gonna like pay attention to like anything of that or even like just acknowledge that it's there, like that's just like really really like not a good idea. So like I got like a lot of different things that we could do to like patch that wall. I've got like some great spackling. I've got a picture we could hang. I've got like a big flat screen TV that we could put so you could just like binge watch whatever you want. But like, what if you do? Like, we're not gonna we're not gonna talk about like what what is there because there's just nothing there. I'm I'm here to tell you that you're absolutely right. There's like absolutely nothing on the other side of that wall.
1: A second response is that you might acknowledge that whatever is on the other side of the wall, or as you look through the where the brick used to be on the wall, you might acknowledge that it's there. You might even talk about what's there. You might see quote the others that are on the other side. You'll find other people who hold similar boxes as you who have similar bricks on your wall and you'll join forces with them and you'll talk about, Oh, those people. Uh, And by talking about it, it of course makes you feel better because you're at least acknowledging that whatever this group of people or this person or whatever it might be exists. And it kind of helps reconcile perhaps a little bit of the cognitive dissonance that we might feel. Think about when you've had conflict with someone, how much of a temptation it is to want to then connect with someone who knows that person, who will reinforce your perception, who will reinforce your experience of, oh, I know that person is so blank, to make yourself feel like you are in the right. As I'm talking about this, you know, a lot of this might just sound like pure ego. There's all kinds of words that we can use to describe this. I, again, like the word scarcity complex because I think it gets more to the root behind ego, the root behind why we want to feel safe and why so many times it's difficult for us to even acknowledge that we're wrong because we ultimately are afraid. We ultimately deep down are afraid and we want to know that we're enough and that everything is going to be okay. Of course, things are going to be okay. And one of the reasons that things are going to be okay is
0: because you're going to find like enough people who like believe what you believe. And if you like only surround yourself like with those people, then like you never, ever, ever have to worry about any of these walls coming down. And like, yes, there might be like, I don't know, like other people or other things or whatever it is that's like on the other side of that wall or whatever that, whatever that stuff is coming through that wall, that light, whatever it is. But as long as you have enough people around you, you don't have to worry about any of that. You can kind of like collectively like just know that like all those people are like just the ones that need help, but not you.
1: So that's the second scenario that we acknowledge it, but that we kind of group together with people and we let whatever that is on the other side be, but we're going to kind of judge it and we're going to talk about it from a distance. The third scenario is probably even a little bit more on the action side where you not only have gathered with quote a group of people who believe what you believe, but now because you see something new, it could be something that is changing in our world today that is viewed as a threat. And so instead of acknowledging and accepting that change is always happening, that our world is always evolving, what happens? People try to what they want to keep everything the same. So resistance comes in and you say, well, We're going to do everything we can to prevent the world from changing. We're going to pass laws. We're going to, whatever it is, we're going to try to silence these new voices because we're feeling like we're the persecuted group right now.
0: So not only are you being persecuted, but like, all you have to do is like, just look back and know that like you have history on your side and history has like never been wrong about anything. Like, if you have, like, hundreds of years of history on something, then, like, there's just, like, absolutely no way you could be wrong. So all you need to do is just, like, point people backwards and, like,
1: you don't have to worry about any kind of change, okay? And that's pretty much how we live. So we make judgments about people and we make judgments about people over the tiniest things now. And the reality is, is that oftentimes we won't even acknowledge that we judge. We're in denial of our judgmentalism. We think we are the most oftentimes compassionate, merciful human beings, and it's everyone else that is judgmental and harsh in this world. But if we're really honest with ourselves, we are all judges. We make judgments not only towards other people, but what we've already talked about in the first podcast, and we'll explore a whole lot more, we're extremely hard on ourselves as well. So this is the place that we live from. We live from that place of fear. We want that certainty. We want to know that everything is going to be okay. And so we fortify the walls of our box. When one of those bricks starts to crumble and we start to see some light that comes in, instead of approaching it with like, oh, look at that light over there. I'm gonna go over there and look through that opening and see what I see. That's not always our first reaction when there's been something that's been in our life for so long, something that has given us a sense of safety, of security, of certainty, and it starts to crumble or heaven forbid, it completely falls out of the wall. We freak out because it's introducing something that's new. And that's what we see everywhere in our world today. And it's one of the reasons I believe we're seeing so much polarization is because things are moving so fast faster than they've ever moved before. And change is something that is always something that is disruptive. No matter who you are, no matter where you are, change is hard. So uh, I'm not going to lie. I think like
0: uh, change is not like a really good thing. I mean, think about all the things like in life that, that, you know, that don't change. I mean, like look up at the sky. I mean, the sky doesn't change. Well, I mean, okay, well... The weather, okay, that's a bad example. But uh, look at uh, stars. Like, if you look up at the sky, like okay, stars, I guess, change maybe at some point too. Okay, well, I'm going to think really hard about some other examples, but, like, I really don't think change is a good thing.
1: And the beautiful thing in all of this is that when we are able to come from that place where we no longer see those things as threats, it creates this amazing open space that allows not only ourselves to breathe but gives other people that same opportunity to breathe and to be. When you get to a place or when I get to a place, when any of us get to a place where we're open to not having to have the answer, all of a sudden you find even just one other person that's in that same boat that wants to come alongside you and say, look, I'm not giving up on you. I know that you are not your worst story that you keep telling yourself. Just as much as I know that like you are not your greatest accomplishment. like That's cool too that you've done a lot of really great things. But when all of that is stripped away, whether it's the destructive, negative stories, or even the most positive things in the world, when all of that is stripped away, you're really left just simply with the human heart. And when we're able to do that, it's incredibly freeing. And none of us do this oftentimes well. Most of us get triggered. Most of us get caught up in our story, and we look at people through the walls of our boxes that we live in instead of seeing them for who they really are. And the sad thing is, and this is where it's something that I don't think we're often aware of, but more times than not, we are just as hard on ourselves. And one of the things that we first and foremost have to do before oftentimes we can be empathetic and kind to other people is we have to be willing to do that for ourselves. We have to be willing to not see ourselves through the box and to somehow cultivate that space in our lives where we are able to hold this part of who we are, this truest part, in kindness, in compassion, and in love but we don't always do that. And one of the challenges in doing that is that it's really difficult to do that on our own. It's why having a therapist, it's why having good friends, it's why having people in your life, people in my life that that know my, quote, craziness, but are still going to be by my side at the end of the day. Because we live in a cancel culture. We live now in a world where you just simply say one wrong word and you're done. That's it. Finished. Moving on. So I totally get
0: what you're saying about like how people are like way too like critical and like judgmental today. Like, you know, like, I mean, there was probably, I don't know, at least five or six things that I've like kept track of that. Like, you just didn't really say well on this podcast and yet I'm still here. So obviously like we're friends and like, I'm obviously somebody that's like, you know, totally has your back. Cause I could have like totally like just bailed on you and been like, you're canceled. But, uh, instead, like I'm still here and i am like still like basically trying to offer like some sort of encouragement.
1: And the irony in that is we can't do that from the corners of our boxes. The only way we can do that is if we transcend the box if we connect, and if we see each other from that open space. That's where the magic lives. That's where the love lives. That's where the healing lives. But again, the illusion of scarcity is is that it tells us what? It tells us the opposite. It tells us that you're only going to be safe and healed if you never venture outside of those confines of those four walls. And that's what we'll talk about a lot more next week, beginning to paint a picture. of What might this adventure look like? What does it really mean to say yes to your adventure? And what does it mean to know that you're not doing this alone? Because one of the things that keeps us from saying yes is this fear that, oh, I'm all alone. I don't have anybody that's gonna help me in this. And we're gonna talk a lot more about how that is even an illusion that there's so much more connection than we really understand or we know. So that's the opportunity is what if we started listening to new voices? What if we started listening to the things that deep down we wonder, can this really be true? Could we really live in a kinder world? Could I really be more loved, more connected, more whole, more complete than I actually realize? that I can tell you the answer on, and the answer is yes. I can tell myself that answer, but I don't believe it half the time when I say it. And that's why we need each other. That's why we need a witness. That's why we need people that will come into our lives and bear with us when we're in our own version of crazy. That's the beautiful thing. And it's something that, quite frankly, only is going to happen as we connect in real life with real people. It's not going to happen through social media. It's not going to happen through these one-dimensional channels that basically constrict and confine the energy of who so many people are. It's only going to happen as we take risks to connect and where we take risks to be seen as we see other people.
0: Okay, so like now I think you're totally, like, uh, I don't know, oversimplified. I mean, first you're, like, saying, like, oh, you know, like, you got to go out the box. And now, like, you're saying, like, I don't know, that things might be limited, that, like, we can't, like, just connect only, like, through technology. And I just, like, I don't, I don't know. Like, and you, like, seem, like, so anti-logic and, like, like. I'm just telling you, do not leave the box. Like to do like half of like what you're proposing is just like really dangerous. I think like you should just like stay here in the box with me and like, you know, and like, I don't know, we got each other, we're friends, and uh, you
1: know, I got your back. So that's the place where we live. And if there is an adventure waiting for us, again, I don't know what that adventure looks like for you. You don't know what it looks like for me. But what happens if we begin to say yes? What if we all start from this place of acknowledging, wow, I'm scared. There are things in my life that I want to do. There's parts of me that really want to play and want to be expressed in this world. But the thought of that terrifies me. Well, great. You're in great company because that's how I am. So you have at least one other person who feels the same way you do. And I promise you, there's other people listening to this podcast, and there's other people who aren't listening to this podcast who feel the exact same way. It's actually a really great sign of strength to acknowledge that you're afraid. We're told that that's a bad thing. I can't be afraid. But it's actually a beautiful thing to be able to acknowledge and embrace. Because that's one of the biggest first steps and one of the greatest keys of beginning on this adventure together. So, Wherever you are today, whatever you have going on in your life, I hope that you will have taken some small little measure of encouragement from this, of knowing that perhaps you're a little less alone than you thought you were when you first listened to this episode, or that you're a little less crazy than you thought you were. So thank you so much for listening today. And if you have resonated with this podcast, please feel free to share it, subscribe, leave a review, tell others about it. But more importantly, uh, feel free today to be you. Know that your greatest offering, your greatest gift to the world today isn't more accomplishments, isn't doing all these things to make yourself feel better. But your greatest gift that you can offer the world today is the simple gift of getting to be who you are, of knowing that that is good enough. doesn't matter if 10 people see it, 100 people, or no one could just be a tree in nature that you sit with because you are okay exactly where you're at right now. Thanks so much for listening and hope you have a wonderful day.